Hello and welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoons, the Collider Weekly Podcast for all things animation, including reviews and interviews. Coming to you all the way from the hustle and bustle inside of a busy arcade, I'll be your host, Sean Paul Ellis, and joining me from the center of a Hanobi game console, because he's all glitched out, is my co-host, Dave Trumbor. David, 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 how you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty good, other than this uh, jagged electrical spikes that are coming out of me and this, like, garish green color. But other than that, I feel fine. feel ready to oh. smash stuff up. Just do game stuff. Oh, just do game stuff. Just do games. I'm going to go out and do games. Why isn't there just a game called game stuff? I mean, aren't most games just game stuff? Uh, yeah. I mean, I didn't want to get that existential, but that is Oh, uh, but you want the actual title, just game yeah, stuff. Yeah, just game stuff. I feel like if we were to do a game stuff, it would be the equivalent of a WarioWare game where it was just small mini games of people playing games and you would either just annoy them by walking in front of them or mm. bumping their controller or kind of like throwing popcorn at the back of their head. Could you know. just like watch them from like the couch and just comment on what they're doing and how everything they're doing is wrong yeah, at all times or- <laughs> and how they missed that loot and how they should grab that thing instead? Okay, full disclosure. Uh, when we're talking about people in this instance, I just want to be very clear uh, for HR purposes, this is 100% I'm trashing myself in this, but Same. I sit behind uh, my wife in front of the show, Melanie Harker, whenever she plays Breath of the Wild, and anytime she misses a do- like a block or a dodge yep. or shoots a bomb arrow, I do uh, like one of two or three different things where I just go, <gasps> or I follow up with a, uh, or yep. if she's shooting like her 15 millionth bomb arrow, I go, oh, in this economy... <laughs> and that's all I do. That's all I do. I love do. all the reactions that like loved ones and friends and frenemies have when you're watching someone else play a game that either you're really good at or just good enough at to know like this is the thing you're supposed to do in this moment. I have such a hard time not <laughs> just taking a controller out of someone's hand or just being like, okay, now you want to do this, this, and this. Yeah. I have to bottle it up like a volcano. Like I just sit there and I'm essentially like steam is coming out of my ears, even if everything's going fine, just because sure. I want to like participate and, and say like, okay, here's the thing you should do. And remember, you got to do this thing and you're adjacent to that one. So that one's going to get you if you don't do this next and like all that. Just we, uh, Allison and I played uh, a tactics game. Um, oh. a turn-based strategy tactics yeah. game based on Dark Crystal. And it was a lot of fun. It took us weeks and weeks and weeks to beat it. But, you know, both of us had played the game from the beginning. We had the exact same level of knowledge. It's just that sometimes her approach or whatever would be slightly different from mine, and that was enough to just bottle that steam up. <laughs> so I would either, you know, I would either want to make a suggestion, and then she'd just be like, I got it. Or I would wait until inevitably something went wrong, and then I would say what I would have done there, and that was equally stupid. Yeah, Don't equally, do that. Yeah. Don't just do hold that. Your, hold, your dumb, tongue, dumb. hold your tongue. Just let it go. Scream into a, a bottle in your kitchen and then throw it out your window. <laughs> Bottle it up and I've sell it doing. on the internet. Yeah. As perfect. game screams. Yeah. Uh, game yeah. screams. Everybody wants game screams. Come and get Used your game screams. Game screams. Exactly. Oh, God. Can we get a t shirt that's a yeah. bottle that just says, oh, I was game just going t- <laughs> to give you a t shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Can we get a t-shirt? Yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I know for, for anybody who's listening, we're talking a lot about video games and guess what? We're going to talk a lot about video games for the next hour talking about the show glitch techs. Oh, I yeah. do want to drag a video game for two seconds. If I okay. may, which one I finished star Wars fallen order and your goal in a star Wars game is to make me feel like a Jedi. If I am a Jedi And when you have poor controls in terms of how long it takes from the time I hit a button to blocking something and it throws me off and I get hit by another purge trooper and thrown over the side of a cliff, I'm going to be frustrated. That was a very specific uh, scenario, (laughs) but I would imagine it happened a number of times. It happened all the time. And then then at some point you get so powerful that it doesn't even matter anymore. You can just blow through everybody that's in the game, which makes the game tolerable and a lot more fun until the very end when you have to fight somebody and it introduces like a sudden mechanic that you haven't yes a person with a with a breathing problem and uh they introduce a mechanic at the very end uh that has been in zero combat previously and they expect (laughs) you to just figure it out and i lost my mind you're a jedi i yeah right i would have done anything at that point to 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 just throw my my playstation out the window I was so frustrated, especially just the final end of that story. 
if your whole goal is to get a MacGuffin, and then at the end you're just like, guess we don't need this MacGuffin. Guess I'm going to smash this thing. Middle finger to you, because <laughs> I just spent 15 to 20 hours playing this game, and you just negated everything. That's my drag of the week. I'm going to do like, drags of the week now. You want to do drag of the week next yeah, time? I'm going to do drag of the week. Mine's just going to be a review of like a, a RuPaul uh, TV that, series episode. Damn it. <laughs> just to bring some positivity to yeah, it. Yeah, you know? that would be very we got to balance it out. Drag of the it. week. That's perfect. Um, now, for everything I ever watched from that particular game, like, yeah, I, I do not miss not playing that. Like, I, I don't feel like I missed out on that one. Nothing yet has wanted to pull me back into the Star Wars gaming universe like uh, Shadow of the Empire or KOTOR. That's it. I'm good with those two. I can Both wait. good. You know what? Yeah. I'll say this. I've only ever watched KOTOR. I've never played KOTOR. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. And there's, there's so much, like, replayability. Well, granted, I haven't gone back to it in more than 10, probably 15 years now. But... Yeah. Uh, you can. You can check it out. And there's a yeah. bunch of different ways to play, like any good RPG. So Yeah. Well, speaking of RPGs, speaking of video yeah. games, obviously we're going to talk about glitch tech and glitch techs and what it means tonight. I'm not going to be able to say glitch techs because it just sounds like I'm saying the word text, like I'm sending a text message. Like a glitched well, text. Yeah, Or you're exactly. talking about my cat. Yeah. Either one. <laughs> Who's basically a glitch, yeah. let's be honest. Uh, he is. <laughs> He's like a human. He's like a human. He's like a, a, a biological glitch, if you've yeah. never met him. Just a feline glitch. Which He's is a feline fine. glitch. We love yeah, Texas. super cute. Yeah. So if you're not familiar with glitch text, let's get into this and turn this over to longtime friend, buddy of the show, Bobby Anthem. He's going to break it down with the synopsis. So Bobby, take it away. Glitch text was co-created by Eric Robles and Dan Milano and produced by Nickelodeon Animation Studios for Netflix. It centers on two teens who work at a game store as a front for their actual job, hunting video game monsters who've broken out into the real world. Perfect. You know what? I just want Bobby as, uh, I want him like in a Mortal Kombat style fight game. That's the video Whoa. game that I want him as, but I want him as the announcer to like set up like the round one and just kind Fight. of like lead me into that, you know? So Bobby, that's where that's I want it. you in terms of video games. <laughs> yeah, that's where I know. Like I think ref, it, I mean, no, I mean that's, but that's like a pivotal thing that I remember from any arcade yeah. that I ever went to. Was Look, like man, that, without like, that guy telling you when to fight, both of those fighters just sit there casually bouncing back and forth for eternity. Yeah. Like nobody ever just moves. Watching until RuPaul's says, Drag Race. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's it's interesting about just this whole show and kind of Nickelodeon and just in general kind of pulling all of this in. And so tonight I want to get into the glitch text and let's talk about the good, the bad, the LOL. No, it's not a spaghetti Western, although, you know, I am kind of now hungry for spaghetti every time. I, I kind of want some Western. too. Western want style. Some yeah. What, what makes a Western spaghetti? It's, like served, in a, it's served in a boot. <laughs> Just in a so, cowboy boot. Barbecue sauce and served in a, in a boot boots. with a stirrup. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, so we're going to talk about the good, the bad, and uh, the LOL. So what we found worked for the show, what didn't work for the show, and ultimately what made us laugh, whether it was intentional or unintentional, with obviously the disclaimer that a lot of time and energy and people and money goes into making cartoons. And so we want to be respectful as possible, but we also want to be as honest as possible about our review for Glitch Text. So let's get into the good, what worked for us. Dave, anything high level that you were just like, uh, that's what I wanted. It's weird. I had that exact delivery <laughs> uh, in my reaction. Uh, uh, and I was watching this in public, so it made for some really awkward interactions. Um, now, before I get into that real quick, just be in case some people may be confused, as we mentioned, this was a Nickelodeon production. Yeah, it is a Nickelodeon uh, animation production, but it was made for Netflix. So I don't know if they're going to have any like cross promo stuff, but Nickelodeon and Netflix have a multi-year deal to make all kinds of animated stuff, including the Nicktoons, um, you know, specials that they aired recently. Right. And that right. kind of that did well for both parties. You know, more people probably watched it on Netflix than they would have with Nickelodeon, just the channel itself. So that worked out well for both of them. They decided to make uh, a bunch more stuff, and one of these is Glitch Text, which has been in. Some form of production, one or the other, um, since at least 2016. So it's been a while. We've been waiting for this one for a while. I've honestly been waiting to see this show for probably half of my career at Collider, which is weird to think about. But yeah, I'm glad that it's finally here. Uh, was it worth the wait? Well, here we go. This thing starts off with, um, it, it's basically a 10-episode first season, but the first two episodes are together as one special. So you get a 44 or 45-minute special to open things up. And honestly, for me, like that set the tone for the rest of the, the season and the series. I was going to watch that and decide if I wanted to watch anymore or not. 
So I watched that, and then I pretty much immediately just binged the rest of the season. <laughs> so it was a really good first start. Uh, it's it's got a, it's a really fun opening hour uh, to sort of establish the characters, the story, introduce you to the world, and really just at the highest level. That's all I was looking for. Like, give me something interesting. It doesn't necessarily have to be the the newest, most original thing on the block. Just give me something interesting with characters I want to spend time with, and just let me have fun. I think that's the best good thing of this show is that it's just fun. It's just kind of like unabashed, like unfettered fun. They don't la- layer like too much heavy stuff on you. They don't really, it's not end of the world consequences and that tired old rag. It's just kind of like, it's just fun. Yeah, no, I, I agree, you know, and, and even just going back to this longer first episode, there's a precedent that they have for animated series on Netflix. I believe She-Ra as well as also Voltron both had sort of longer first episodes to kind of set the tone, bring you into the world, explain a lot of the things that were going on. And like you said, like, I, I want to be indoctrinated into the world. I want to kind of understand what's taking place. And you really kind of can't get that sometimes in a in a 23 or a 30 minute cartoon, right. you know, especially if they're trying to world build within that setting. And so I, I love the idea that they, they went for that longer episode. I think it's definitely a bonus. Uh, for me, going back to your point, Dave, about originality, yeah, this felt like, a very original cartoon, but it also had a lot of notes of things that were super, super familiar. And, and it, in many cases, it felt like a, like an aggregate or an amalgamation of a lot of different things that I know and love. And, and I'll, I'll even just start at like a high level. There's a part of me that has always wanted video games in the real world. That yeah. at, at, at almost 40 years old, I'm like, fingers crossed, maybe one day, gang, we might get well, like there. Well, like Ready Player One, that was the whole like selling point to that. Like if we right. can't bring them into the real world, then let us go into their games, into their worlds. Yeah, exactly. And so having a lot of these very similar touch points in this cartoon, uh, you know, and, and the idea that they're they're talking about, you know, video games at, at kind of like a, a satirical level in some cases, or they're, they're satirizing some of the the names of cartoons, like there's a an, a version of Pokemon that they have that's in this that is kind of silly and it's a little bit funny and I think they're called Flunkies and so Something like that, yeah yeah and, and so you you understand the point that they're trying to make you know they do a great job of kind of setting up like you know what the actual battle screen looks like in comparison to a Pokemon game you you if you've played a video game you're able to draw those parallels very quickly it's it it's fun and I love the fact that they they chose. Not just one, not just two, but it felt like they dumped a lot of cultural touch points from <laughs> the 80s and the 90s and, and thought to themselves, what could we make that was fun? And so I know I wrote down a couple of things that yeah, were on here. I, so I, and I know that our, our list is kind of similar, Dave. I thought that this was very similar to Captain N, the Game Master, but sort of like the reverse of Captain N, the Game Master. Because it was good. Yeah. Oh, shut up, man. <laughs> I love Captain N. Um, <laughs> jerk uh there was uh men in black elements and there was definitely ghostbuster elements that were you know specific to this and then just the entire idea of what dave had mentioned about sort of the fun aspect of it in a lot of cases when you find a fun video game there's this concept or idea of grinding you know where you different game different world different setting and you you know you're doing maybe sometimes repetitive motions but you know occasionally you're getting upgrades you're getting fun things there's a lot of this that is experience. inherent, yeah. yeah, that 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 is innate to this world and this idea that they've built with glitch text. And so to suddenly see a fun power up or a new item or or something that's intriguing and fun and different, suddenly you're like, ah, oh, yeah, like I'm I'm on board. I want to watch more of this. So I think there's a there's a couple things for me that like kind of stood out. I think we're getting to the point now. We're kind of in it, right? There's been yeah. a lot of nostalgic properties over the last, say, decade or so that, you know, were part of our childhood experiences, part of our growing up. I think any creatives, any showrunners, they're kind of in that, like, mid-20s to mid-40s range. They're kind of in our nostalgic sweet spot. Like, we get all the stuff that you guys are doing. We went through it. We lived through it right alongside with you or we came to it later or whatever. Right. We're in that like sweet spot where everything is kind of made for us, even if this, you know, this show, which is made for kids, isn't specifically targeted at our age demo. It is targeted at our nostalgia demo. So yeah. everything that you'll see in here has has uh, callbacks and, and touchstones from earlier stuff. Obviously, the stuff Sean mentioned, like Ghostbusters, uh, Men in Black, become very apparent as you watch the show. 
essentially like Bobby kind of teased it in his synopsis. Essentially, it's these kids who work at a electronics store, but their actual job, kind of like the Ghostbusters, is to go out and sort of police or catch these glitches that pop up uh, in the universe, either in the game console itself or in different games or just anywhere else out in the world. Right. And because they can happen in like any game or any console, they can also happen in any genre. So the really fun and smart thing about glitch techs, you can have an adventure episode. You can have a scary, spooky, horror-themed episode. You can have an RPG-themed anything, that any game that's ever been made, you can have an episode that's kind of based on that. A couple other touchstones for me that are a little more obscure. One we've, we've definitely talked about on this show was Reboot. Right. That was essentially like, you know, all the characters lived inside of the computer. They were computer programs, but their job was to essentially like nullify glitches and stuff that came up and, and to play against the user uh, as, as NPCs. But another one that's probably a little more obscure is VR Troopers. Do you remember that one? <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember VR Troopers. So that, if you guys don't remember, was a tokusatsu uh, series. Essentially like live action stunt guys in suits just smashing into each other. Think Power Rangers, essentially. Right. But this one focused on uh, a kid who had a power suit, but he would like shrink down and go inside his, his you know yeah. vintage, uh, whatever, 92 computer and fight computer viruses. Uh, so kind of like Reboot, kind of like VR Troopers, same kind of thing. For my money, I would love to see a, a tokusatsu resurgence. I would love to see more shows than just Power Rangers come back and like actually be made fresh and new and, and actually do something with it. But that's that's a digression. That's off to the side. <laughs> but another thing that these guys did, it wasn't just like in the making of the game itself. Like They specifically call out titles of uh, cartoons that we watched, of video games that we've played, and they tweak them just enough and combine them in fun ways that they actually work into the plot of the episodes themselves. So like what were, what were some of the ones that stood out to you as far as like those Easter eggs, if you want to call them that? Sure. I mean, I it just like the, the, the fun names that were relatable for me was what I mean, yeah. I finished the Castlestein episode. That's as far mm-hmm. as I've gotten in, in this first season. And I, I played so much Castlevania when I was a kid on the NES as well as also Game Boy, I guess Game Boy Advance. Like I, I just, I loved, I loved kind of, you know, seeing some of that stuff. So that, that to me was, uh, 100% frustrating and relatable <laughs> all in one. <laughs> the fun thing in that, the, Sean and I were talking about this offline, but the beginning of that episode features the two characters, uh, Miko and, and Five, and they're basically saying like, oh man, this game, who hasn't beaten this game? It's like a classic. <laughs> and they're both just like, yeah, totally. I won't spoil what happens in that episode. I'll just say that I've never actually beaten any Castlevania game. So that was kind of an interesting experience for me to like watch it as a person who's never actually beaten the game but knows way more than is probably normal uh, about them without having played it. So that was a lot of fun. I, and I, I will I will uh, pull rank on Dave and say that I know that I've, I've beaten at least like three or four Castlevania games. I just, yeah. I, yeah. Any, any like side-scrolling Metroidvania, like right. Castle Metroidvania game is like right in my sweet spot of things that I want to play. Super Metroid, mwah, chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. Always Another good. one that I love, and I know you love this too, is the Smash Azores. So you, had to, you had so to love good. that. So what was that? Walk me through that. No, it's a it's the idea that there is this arcade game called Smash Sores, and it's these like bipedal, uh, you know, dinosaurs that they have that sort of uh, it reminded me kind of like of like a Battletoads game or sort sure. of that like side scrolling uh, arcade or, or, beat 'em up. Yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. arcade beat 'em up, but kind of at that angle, kind of like Michael Jackson's yep. Moonwalker as or Turtles in Time. Turtles yep, in yep. Time. Yeah, and so uh, it was one of those like games, except that like the there, there's so many small nods at like other things that we're familiar with that are like innate to it. Like the logo is obviously borrowed and inspired by another very famous cartoon logo that we've seen. Like Smash Azores, you know, just like the the game itself looks like a video game that we've seen, and it looks like also a cartoon that we've talked about right. know, previously on this show being dinosaurs. And so there's just so many But fun it's also things. also Thundercats though too because it starts off with like this red spotlight in the sky and I was just like oh it's Thundercat oh it's Smashosaurus okay. Yeah. I didn't want to say your thunder on the on the logo but yeah just I mean so many so many of these things are just like so relatable and you see them and you're just like wait are that do they do they just take are they doing are they making are they making fun of Thundercats roar what are we doing right now how are we how are we <laughs> how are we playing this gang Okay no 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 this is this is a legit thing cool yeah I'm, yeah, I'm on board it's legit yeah. They're fun they're just they're fun little nods. It's a little tip of the cap, you know, to all these things. And again, like everything just feels relatable, you know, with 
if if you've obviously been playing, you know, video games and watching cartoons and you're in that nostalgic demo that Dave and I talked about, that's like it, it just it's 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 just knocking like it knocking it out of the park every single time. I'm like, oh, I remember what that is. Now I want to go back and play it. So it, it's very fun to to see those those touch points and anchors. Here's the flip side for me that I'd be interested in. If you're like a five, six, seven year old kid and you're watching this, it's fun just as it is. Like there's crazy stuff that's happening. There's dinosaurs, there's glitches, there's monsters, there's heroes, there's a lot of explosions and actiony stuff. There's animals, there's companion creatures, all kinds of fun stuff. I want to check in with those kids in like 10 years when they're like, oh, hey man, when they're doing their own podcast or whatever the version of podcasts are in 2030. And just, you know, they're talking to buds and they're like, hey man, you remember Glitch Text? That was a great game. And they go back and actually look at like all the history, like what were all those Easter eggs? Like what was this pulled from? And then they yeah. go back another 20, 30 years and they're like, oh, have you heard of Thundercats? And they check that out and they get to experience that for the first time. I love stuff like that. It's probably going to be two, uh, two friends who are just a bunch of dingleberries who are in college who meet up. And then a couple years later, like we should just create a podcast that just explores all these ideas. I'm not calling out anybody else that I know no. of. Yeah. <laughs> not relatable at all. Only at that point, though, the Dingleberries podcast is going to be like just VR and it's just going to be like floating heads yelling at each other in a sea <laughs> um, of just like weird shrimp creatures. It'll still probably be just as hard to figure out how to use uh, Apple Podcasts and iTunes. 100%. And yeah. yeah. Can't but wait. But you got to leave that rate and review <laughs> for reasons we don't understand. Holy crap, gang. I-, I will say, you know, the funny thing you said about like a couple kids watching this and then sort of going back. The thing yep. that's nice about this is that I'd be very curious to watch and, and hear from kids in a couple years as they've been watching this show, either in real time or kind of after the fact to sort of understand the fact that there is a great amount of diversity in this yeah. game. And so, you know, for the kids that are watching Nickelodeon that are checking this out, I, I'm, I'm kind of curious to understand, like, did that resonate for them? Did that matter for them? And, I, and we only bring this up when we talk about this, that if you go and you watch a majority of 80s and 90 cartoons, man, there are a lot of Caucasian people. Like <laughs> a lot there, of us walking there are around. There are a lot of us. And, you know, uh, I don't want to say that it was because of the times, but again, like I don't need to defend these people in any no. way, shape, or form because I, I you know, I, I obviously benefited from watching it because I was like, oh, hey, look, there's another white person. But at the same time, you know, I wasn't the one in the writer's room. Uh, so I think it's worthwhile to at least point out and acknowledge what took place. This cartoon... Holy cow, so much good in terms of diversity. Yeah, and I will say, unfortunately, there is a, you know, a rare contingent out there who's like upset because there is not that traditional like white male lead. What the hell? To be found really. And I don't know, like. Who cares? We talked about this previously. I can't remember what uh, show. It was Kipo. So we talked about Kipo. Yeah. There are people of color. There's mixed race uh, people who are leading the show. That was great. There was never once where I was just like, man, this show's really great. It's almost there. If only there was a <laughs> like a white male lead to really help me feel invested. Now, now on this show, I noticed it because now I'm primed to kind of like be aware of what's going on in the in the social spheres and stuff. But it doesn't change anything. It doesn't change a thing. What's actually great about it is there is more representation for people who you normally don't get to see on screen. So there are more chances now for more people to get involved with this. And guess what, gang? I can still watch it and have a good time with it and be fun. Even if there's not one character I can point to, which technically there is because he's their boss. He's the like <laughs> middle-aged, overweight, tired guy who's just like in charge of everybody. And I'm like, well, that's a personal attack, but that's fine. That's me now. <laughs> but I'm okay with it. He's still okay. fun. You know yeah. what I mean? And it was great to like – so we can get into the characters if you want. Yeah, it – it's funny just to kind of segue into the characters. You talk yeah, about yeah. like uh, accessibility and relatability for a lot of these characters. Like I'm looking at five and I'm like, oh, okay. This guy likes old video games. He plays a lot of like vintage like console video games. Oh, I do that too. He loves chorizo tacos. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. I'm thinking about it. I want from one that, right now. Put I it on my one, spaghetti. Yeah. I want one on top of my spaghetti boot. Yeah. So like I'm thinking about that immediately, you know, Looking at the other, the female character lead that we have, Miko, like her passion for like all these different games and like her excitement. Like I've been in the room, like when I've had friends, you know, that are are playing like, you know, either a guitar hero or even just like Nintendo where they're moving their hand up and down when the character should jump and then it gets way more animated or, you know, at some point I was playing, you know, a Nintendo Wii with my dad where he definitely threw a remote or one of the Wiimotes at some point. And so just to kind of like see all that stuff that she's going through, I'm like, oh yeah, I relate to all these because I've done or I've been in the room when all these things have happened before, regardless of, you know, 
one, her sex, uh, her race, and her age. I'm like, these are immediately accessible to me. And the one thing that I like, too, is that they actually take time to show you their family units. Right. Yes. So it's not just like we're not just going to put a, a person here who you might think is maybe Asian or maybe they're black or maybe there's some kind of combination of the two. They show you their families. So you pretty much know where they come from. So like five. Now, this will I'll revisit this in the bad section for different reasons. But five Ooh. in the intro is basically living and working with his grandparents. And I believe his his dad is uh, of, his, of, you know, Mexican descent, Latino. I'm not sure what he is. And then I believe his his grandmother, his grandfather, sorry, was Latino. His grandmother, I believe, is Asian because I think they run a fusion Asian-Mexican uh, food truck. Okay. I think that's the combo of stuff that they have because they have like soy sauce and uh, like soy sauce and something else that they put on. I think it's a fusion uh, truck. Okay. So, so with that, it's not only a cool introduction to the family unit, but we also kind of know like what Five's background is, what his parentage kind of is, like who he is. We get a sense of that from that intro. Same thing with Miko. We see that she's from like a mixed race family too, or at least a a mixed family in the sense that it's it's a large family. The dad is white. I think he's played by D. Bradley Baker. Yeah. Uh, the mom's Asian. I, unfortunately, I forget the uh, actor's name. But like just giving us glimpses of those family units is a really cool way to not only show that these kids don't exist like in a vacuum. They don't just exist without parental guidance out there, which every cartoon from the 60s to the 90s has had. We actually get to see their families and we get to know these kids a little bit. And that's cool because it also gives uh, a way to represent different kinds of families that are out there because not everybody has the traditional stereotypical quote unquote normal, you know, nuclear family unit. In fact, most people don't. So it was pretty cool to see that too. I really right. like that. Miko's mom is is voiced by uh, Stephanie Shea. She does a great and job. She's done a ton of stuff too. Yeah. yeah. We're going to get into some of these supporting characters now. Heck Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, who were some that stood out? <laughs> oh man, I I I love I love hated Mitch, which is to. what the the whole goal of Mitch was. He's played by uh, Luke Youngblood. Um, fantastic, just to kind of see him as uh, the foil to uh, Miko and, and Five. Yeah, just really kind of, you know, he's he's the he's the more elite gamer who's a, a glitch tech and has been a glitch tech for for quite some time. He sort of cheats them out of a gaming competition that you find in the the first episode. And so it's interesting to sort of see the process, but then he pops up at, you know, random times throughout certain episodes to kind of create some interesting drama in terms of what's going on. So that it's fun to see when he pops up and it's fun to kind of see how they utilize him. Uh, I'm going to talk about Mitch a little bit later in the bad section for, again, a different reason. Sure. Yeah. Uh, one of the other ones I think that stood out, and now for me, she didn't really factor into the storytelling too much until the later episodes, where she actually, spoiler alert, gets to be part of a team when they go out on a, on a different adventure. Okay. Uh, real quick, as an aside, the other important thing to mention is that these glitch techs aren't just our two heroes. It's not just High Five and Miko with Mitch hanging around. There's a bunch of these kids. It would basically be like if you went to a Best Buy and every single one of them there was also part of a team that went out and battled like glitches in their off time. There's a lot of them around. So they all kind of like splinter off into different groups and different teams. That being said, I believe it's Zara. I think that's the, uh, the Muslim girl who wears a hijab. Yeah. Uh, voiced by Zara Fazal. She shows up in the very first episode, the hour long special, but you don't really get to meet her. She just kind of like, she introduces herself, you see her, and then she's kind of like a background character for the rest of that episode. And she doesn't really pop up again until a few episodes down the road, but... The fact that they include the character, the fact that they work her into the story later on and she has like a part to play was pretty cool. It's something you rarely get to see is a cartoon character wearing what's very obvious in our world, a physical representation of a culture or a religion. It was pretty cool. Right. Yeah. Something you don't get to see. No, I think it's really, I think it's great that they include something like that. And I mean, look, if you, if you can't think that games are only played by white dudes, I mean, come on, let's 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 get past this. Believe it's... me, if I play an online game, I'm yelled at by 12 year olds in all kinds of languages <laughs> from all over the world. So I know that a ton of different people play these games. How's that going with Anthem? <laughs> <laughs> well, nobody plays Anthem anymore. So wow. that's the. <laughs> so not well, not well, not well, not great. Happy not anniversary, great. Anthem. You just yeah. had it and it wasn't good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, uh. We, we talked a little bit about sort of some of the the upgrades and we've been talking about sort of some of the uh, like companions or secondary supporting yeah, characters. Yeah. There are two that we have that I think are really super fun that are noteworthy, sure. which is we have Bit, who is sort of like this floating head AI 
That's uh, awesome. Yeah, that kind of reminded me of sort of a combination of like Eve, like Eva from Wally, the yeah. Disney Pixar Wally, uh, but with a lot more personality and 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 just kind of like uh, silly characteristics in terms of yeah. what w- was accessible. No, that's not a knock against Disney Pixar. I love that movie. I will. I will never. We'll never not love that movie. Uh, but this is just like, it's one of those things where it's like you, you're suddenly seeing like a very silly kind of AI and you're you're introduced in the beginning. And I, I it, my love for Bit was cemented during the uh, during the second episode when you actually have to do the the tutorial yes. uh, to be a glitch tech and just to kind of see how he's interacting and he's supportive and he's, he's a lot of fun, uh, but he's also kind of like a mess sometimes and kind of crazy. Oh, yeah. yeah. So Bit is voiced by co-creator Dan Milano, yeah. uh, but Bit also reminds me of Baymax from Big Hero 6, oh, and yeah. also Bimo from Adventure Time. It's this weird kind of in-between of like a very, very helpful and positive sort of like sentient AI, but also kind of a mess sometimes. So right. it's like they had a lot of fun with that, and and I'll talk about that in the LOLs as Bit's one of my, one of my favorite characters. Right. But there are other companions out there. Right. We also have another companion uh, that is unlocked uh, later in one of the episodes, which is called Ally. Uh, mm-hmm. Which is again just to kind of go in terms of video game culture and and things that like are noteworthy. It's a chocobo. It's chocobo from Final Fantasy. Hundred percent. Hundred percent a chocobo. It's like, chocobo from the Final Fantasy VII remake coming out in stores soon. Coming out. I feel like it's been delayed enough where I'm just I'm not holding my breath anymore. Look, man, they're releasing it in parts, and that's my only gripe with it right now. Are you serious? Oh yeah, they're releasing it in parts. So the first part is basically maybe gonna get you to when you leave Midgar. So like you beat the Midgar Zolum and then end Stop disc. It. Stop Please it. insert sixty dollars for part two. Is that really the world that we're living in again? From what we hear, uh, yeah. And well, you know, but you can you watch more glitch text in the meantime. <laughs> yeah, I think in the meantime, I'm just gonna focus on Last of Us Part Two when it comes out. That's you probably that's, should. That's my yeah. goal. I'll be playing uh, RE3. Yeah. Oh yeah, there you go. Nemesis. Yeah. Uh you know, so there's a lot of fun things just in terms of, you know, seeing like a, a Chocobo suddenly pop up on screen and it's a fun yeah. introduction about how they they bring Ally into the world and like how they get to how they get to keep the bird. And I will say cuz I got to watch some more episodes uh than Sean, which is a perk of the job. Uh keep an eye on Ally cuz there's a really cool episode that pops up later on featuring that character and okay. how they kind of it's kind of Pokémon-esque. And how they deal with it, but you also get another companion by the name of Alpha, who I won't say anymore because that's a okay. really fun reveal. And okay. I'm I was glad that they they factored things like that in because that's some of the most fun in gaming is being able to have a companion with you or to like raise a creature or find you know these things out in the world that you're not sure what to do with them, and then all yeah. of a sudden they're your like best allies. It's pretty cool. Who doesn't want a little Tamagotchi in a game? Hundred percent. I have a Tamagotchi in real life, but it's just a sourdough bread starter. <laughs> <laughs> it's a biological Tamagotchi. It's a biological Tamagotchi. I love it. Bayagachi. Uh, Bayagachi. You know, I, I'll say uh, I have like one more positive that I enjoyed about this, the, sure. the show. And uh, I think it might kind of lead a little bit into maybe one of your bads. So, Interesting. You want me to knock out because I have another. Yeah, yeah. So I was going to ask if you have one more. I think you have one more thing that you you did enjoy. Well, yours is kind of story-focused, so I think these are kind of the same. Uh, for my good, I really like a lot of what they did with the story as far as the specific, very episodic tales that they kind of tackled. So most of them was like a glitch of the week kind of thing, right? If this was a weekly cartoon, like you know a Saturday morning cartoon would be, the glitch of the week kind of thing is cool because each glitch is tied to a specific video game, and that's kind of your A plot. The kids go after the glitch and put it in the tank, and days days done, problem solved. But the B story is more interesting to me because that's kind of like the relationship stuff between the friends, between the family members. You get a bunch of uh, things like Miko who's trying to live up to her mother's expectations and how well or, or not that works out. You get five in a really touching story that kind of hit me personally. He has this kind of fractured friendship with a friend of his from childhood that they haven't seen in in years. And to me, that automatically took me back to my childhood of like, you know, friends I had that moved away or moved back to wherever they, they came from originally or whatever. I never moved. Everybody else did, which always kind of sucked. But so I was like the casino. That's the kid's name is casino in this one. I was the one that was kind of always just like, well, okay, I guess I'll see you later. Uh, so that was, that was a really tough episode, but like in a good way for me, yeah. it was really good. But they especially had, you know, they touch on high school drama, they touch on workplace drama, but then they also have like stuff with like sibling bonds. And it was just, they do a good job of exploring 
actually adding some some dramatic stakes to these personal stories. It wasn't just a goofy, fun, light cartoon. It is, but they actually have some like a little bit of gravitas to it, even though yeah. it's all done in fun. Yeah, and, it, and it's patient. I think it I is. like the fact that like it's you're not getting all of it heavy handed in like one episode, and then they're like deal with it. They're just they're giving you little bits and pieces. You get to see sort of those slice of life moments with some of these different characters over yeah. time. Very, very patient in terms of yeah. the storytelling. I will say I really liked the art style for this show. I think that there were a lot of times where there were different styles of art that they incorporated. Uh, but for the most part, I feel like watching Miko and, and High Five, it felt like watching a video game version of a gorilla's music video. And I was kind of on board with that. I think I'm more on the fence. Like I like the character designs. This is where we start to slide into the the yeah, not so great. Let's, um, let's get into it. Let's get into it. Yeah, I think for me, I like the character designs. They're relatively simple. Um, you know, some of the characters as they show up have more. I was watching it and trying to decide like how I wanted to describe them. Relatively simple in terms of animation. Like they have very few kind of like moving parts that you have to adjust for animation. But then sometimes more detailed costumes than other times. So I mean, it's it's kind of balanced that way. But it feels like I've seen it before. And maybe it's because this thing's been in production for like four or five, you know, four or five years at this point. And it's not, it doesn't look old. It just looks familiar. So when we watch The Last Kids on Earth, this character animation feels very similar to that for me. It also, the backgrounds didn't pop out as much uh, in, in glitch text as they did in Last Kids on Earth for me. And they were both fairly simplistic. But because the ones in glitch text uh, are more just kind of like a, a 2D artwork in the background, it doesn't really pop. Like nothing about the setting really stood out or was super memorable. When they go into the video game worlds, that's a little different because they're right. now designing like full on like 3D worlds in different spaces. So especially like the Castlestein episode yeah. was great for establishing that. And they have fun playing with, you know, a 2D versus a 3D versus a first person shooter or a VR. They have a lot of fun with that. Yeah. But for the most part, that when they're outside and just like walking around this nondescript town, wherever they're supposed to be. It just didn't, it didn't feel alive. Okay. All right. I, I get that. You know, I, I'll jump back to kind of the point that we were making sort of about the, the non sequiturs, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, in terms of the episodes, this kind of played into like a larger idea for me and maybe cause it's, I'm only halfway through the season, but I'm curious about what, like, is, is there like an, is there a larger villain or plot that's at play? Uh, like what, I'm fine if this is just going to be non sequiturs because honestly, sure. I would still watch it. I have no right. problem with that. But I, I feel like with sort of the 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 patient nature of the storytelling, that we're missing a moment to kind of be able to say like, is there is there a, a big bad? Is there a reason that you know these Hanobi video game consoles are evidently made in such an unstable fashion <laughs> that right. anywhere that they're being sold, they just kind of break open and and a glitch gets into the world. One. That's a real shame because let's be very clear: game consoles are expensive. Video yeah. games themselves are expensive. Handheld consoles also super expensive. So to have one of those kind of break and then have to go like patch everything up and fix it, and not just break, but like oh yeah, like like fissure, like they just like <laughs> like crack open, and then they destroy your house, yeah. which which causes the glitch text to have to rewind time, which can't be cheap. Yeah, you know, to erase your memory and rewind time, that can't be cheap. That tech right. has to be pretty expensive. Yeah. And, and so there's like there's the part of me that's just kind of like I wonder like are we ever gonna find out more about you know like Hanobi the the company and like the the business practices that they're doing about putting these games together or sort of like the ethical conundrum of 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 making a game and putting something out or, or software in general that they know is gonna ultimately break. Uh, I, I'm kind of curious to to hear and learn more about what that direction is going to be. We we just didn't get it yet in the episodes that I've watched. Yeah, so a couple things in all, essentially 10 of these episodes, we don't really get that. Uh, that was one of my knocks, too. There's no kind of like overarching story. Everything's very episodic. So each individual tale kind of like exists in its own world, doesn't really build upon itself from episode to episode. And that's fine. It just lacks that little extra something. I will say uh, a couple things. In one episode, we have what's essentially a, a bureaucrat, an HR person. <laughs> For glitch techs, come and do like a spot check uh, on this particular store. They're like a they're like a regional manager coming to check on the store manager, and then like marking stuff up on their on their uh, checklist as they go, which was fun. That was sort of like the corporate you know uh, hierarchy or bureaucracy, like pressing down on the on our heroes uh, right. who were 
separated from it a little bit by their boss, which was fun. That was just kind of like a workplace drama kind of thing. Um, and I think there's one, there may be one episode where there's a moment we kind of get a peek outside of the glitch text world and there's some sort of like nefarious voice who says a thing that's maybe vaguely threatening, but it doesn't go anyth- anywhere beyond that. So I don't know if there's any like connections beyond just the episodic ones. It might honestly just be a fun episodic adventure with this very straightforward conceit and there's no greater mythology. I will say that that might be a missed opportunity because I would love to see sort of an exploration of like corporate evil. You know what I mean? Like, like I would also love to see things like if they're rolling out a Hanobi 2.0 or like just poke like Silicon Valley stuff, like poke fun at the, the, the tech arms race, the tech cold war, introduce a rival console, it right. doesn't glitch out or whatever, but there's some, you know, shady stuff. There's a lot of creative potential here with the story, and I hope that we get to see more of it. Or is there a competitive threat that also glitches out, and there's a completely other separate set of, sure. you know, uh, like other corporation glitch techs that have to go out into the field and and level up and, and do stuff as well. And so, like, does it become kind of like a bidding war of like, could I go over and work for this rival company? Like, I don't know. These are also kids and I'm trying to pit them into uh, like, where are they going to get the better job? (laughs) (laughs) Go get that better job, kids. Yeah, get that better job. You don't need a side hustle. You need a better job. Eric and Dan, if you're still listening by this point, Sean and I are available to help knock ideas around. We've probably seen as many cartoons as you have and played as many games as you have. So we're (laughs) right there with you. We're on board. We're on board. That's That's a discussion point. Like I'm on board to help out. I want to yeah. do that. This 100%. I like, yeah, I, I like, you know, because ultimately like you see Mitch kind of be this jerk in these moments. And there's a, the, yes. there's a part of my brain where I'm just like, wait, is Mitch the villain in this? And if he is, I'm okay with that. But I, I, I kind of waffle back and forth because, you know, I, I can definitely see sort of like his manipulative cold nature. And I can sort of see the positive energy that we get from Miko and high five. And yeah. I, I guess I, I, I kind of want, Mitch at some point to be friends with them, but then I definitely feel like Mitch is going to stab him in the back. Like that seems like it's on the horizon. So I don't want to give anything away. I will say that you get a couple different things with Mitch. You get a little peek into why he acts the way he acts. Uh, You get the sense that these trophies and the accolades and the number one ranking and all that stuff is like super important to him, kind of above everything else. So if you take that away from him or threaten to take that away from him, he both does not react well to that, but also that's kind of where his vulnerability lies. So okay. that's interesting. I don't think they do quite enough with it. Um, we don't really know enough about Mitch. He's like the one character we don't really see his family life. We don't see his background. Okay. We see him weirdly go to a, speaking of spaghetti again, go to like a spaghetti drive through place <laughs> and then just essentially use his mind wiping power to get free, a free bucket of spaghetti, which was weird, but also something I would probably do. In my most like chaotic of uh, of days, I, I will say if you are into that in Italy, they do actually have it, it's it's sort of uh, it's like takeout things really. Like, it's like a takeout container and it's like noodles and like a little like Chinese food takeout. Oh my God, I would love that. Yeah, it's it's actually pretty good. <laughs> I want that now. I need a like Western more. spaghetti and a and a uh, a want, what do they call it? A wonton taco. I think he called it. And a yeah, wonton taco. Wonton taco. Yeah, that sounds good. Right that now, sounds really good. We'll be back right after this break. <laughs> of eating tacos. <laughs> yes. Anything that's else? actually one of my other, yeah, that's oh, one of my yeah. other quote unquote bads. We int- we get introduced to um, the grandparents. I think he just calls them abuelo and abuela. I don't think he actually oh, calls poppy. them by name. Uh, poppy oh, he calls and them poppy? Yeah, okay, poppy okay. and abuela. So that's, that's all we get. Uh, and they're great. And they run this, you know, food truck that doesn't usually move unless they have to get high five somewhere. Uh, it usually just stays put right where it is. I want more of them. I want to go spend time with them. We got to see Miko's family. We got to see plenty of uh, other people uh, at the workplace and spend some time with them. Some of the like supporting characters who were actually pretty funny too. Right. I just wanted to see more of Five's family life because they were so much fun and they had so much energy and such character. I'd love to spend more time with them. No. It's not really a knock. It's just something I'd like to see in yeah. season two. It's a hope. Just put that. It's a hope in I'm a putting dream. It, it's, it's a part of the secret. I'm putting it out yeah. of the universe. I'm hoping... It. If there, if if people who uh, make the show are listening, that they're just like, oh hey, that's a pretty great idea. We'll that's a great that idea. We two. will uh, steal that directly. Yeah, and, go uh, ahead. Never speak of this again. <laughs> I feel like at some point, if uh, <laughs> if if the creators are ever watching this, we're just gonna get something that is gonna be like at the very end 
of an episode that's just like, no thanks to Sean and Dave. And we'll be like, <laughs> I yeah, would, I mean, that's probably deserved I would scour every scene for that, yeah, yeah. 100%. <laughs> just screen grabs and making my day. Yeah. But let's talk a little bit about something else that made our day, which Heck are yeah. these LOLs, these things that we found that were funny about this. What what do you what do you got? What so another thing that we never revisit again, right? The the first episode, the way this whole thing opens up, there's a couple of kids in their living room playing a video game, brother and sister, playing a video game, trying to yeah. beat each other, beat the high score, whatever. It's like a Tetris. Their mom game. Yeah, like a Tetris game, like a, like a souped-up Tetris game. Their mom, who looks like she just came home from a long day at work, a very, like, businessy professional. She's on her phone just trying to get stuff done. She's getting dinner ready at the same time. She's talking to the kids. She's like, kids, five more minutes. The dad is passed out on the lazy boy. Like, he's dead to the world. Like, he, nothing bothers him. As dads do. As dads tend to be. So then all hell breaks loose, right? Because they get a glitch. The glitch uh, comes through the game, starts destroying their house. Mitch runs in to, like, take care of the glitch, setting up what you think is, like, Mitch is going to be, like, the hero of the story, which I was, like, cool. But then they twisted it, which is also cool. But what cracked me up in this whole thing is that the dad never wakes up until, like, the final (laughs) moment when everything's done. The house is basically (laughs) falling apart around them. And he's just like, oh, is dinner ready or something like that? You know, it's just it was very much a dad joke, and I absolutely loved it. Dad jokes for days. Dad Uh, jokes are great. I will say just like at a high level, anytime we saw Miko and Five work in yep. tandem to accomplish a Great goal, team. super, super fun. You know, even in the, the Castlestein episode, uh, you know, the the whole, uh, when they create this dialogue together and when they kind of almost talk in unison, there yeah. is this really just inherent enjoyment of watching them mirror each other and, and have the same attitude in terms of their intent, desire, goal, everything. And, and you know, so in the Castlestein episode, they're, you know, they have this line where it's like aim for the statue with the I'm gonna screw it up with like the gorgeous hair or with like the yeah. perfect hair. And so they just do a great job at, at kind of getting in sync, especially because they're partners and, and and just kind of working on some of these problems together. And so to to watch them kind of move in that direction is really enjoyable and see them have that like just platonic friendship. Uh, that's just really healthy. And they set that up right from the beginning too, because the only way that these two are able to overcome Mitch as like the number one player in this first game, that's a test is by working together. Right. If they hadn't worked together and agreed to trust each other, then they both would have lost and it would have been a completely different story from, from there on out. Um, so that was really cool that they set that up early and Castlestein's a great example of not only like how good the action scenes can be in this series as well, which we didn't talk enough about, I don't think, but watching them kind of like work in sync with each other to quote unquote, like learn the patterns of a boss at the end of a game. You know, it's, it's hard enough to do that yourself, but then to have to actually like tag team with somebody else to be able to do that too. That was pretty cool. I wanted to mention one of the supporting characters from the show. There's a bunch of other supporting characters that do really funny stuff. Sometimes they'll come in and Sean mentioned doing like level grinding or experience building to either get that next level or get that upgrade or buy that a piece of equipment or whatever. There's a bunch of these guys who are kind of like low-level glitch techs who just do like super basic missions. But then there's one in the first episode. His name's Wilhelm, and the only way you can tell that is because it comes up in the captions. <laughs> he runs by our heroes and tries to run to the end goal, but as he does, he steps on like a trap, and this giant <laughs> column of fire just comes up and roasts him alive, and he gives the Wilhelm scream. So I love that his name was Wilhelm, and then he actually screamed. That was just a fun little in-joke for me. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I'll say there were like little tiny Easter eggs that were in this show. And so when you see Miko's address and you see that it's 1337, I just kind of smiled. I I didn't even see that. So I'm glad you caught it. I was like, all right, perfect. Got it. And if if you're not familiar, it means like elite as in like elite. You're an elite gamer. Uh, It's just it's a whole brand of language called elite speak. And so it is super, super fun. Uh, to see something that's even just like that simple, but because I've just been playing games way too much, yeah. uh, it just and I used to play a lot of like online Steam games like Team Fortress Two and Left for Dead, uh, and just as Dave mentioned, like having people all across the world just like scream at me, <laughs> scream at, <laughs> tell scream you how dumb you are, <laughs> yeah, tell me how terrible I am, uh, yeah, definitely came up a lot, so very familiar. There was another funny thing like that too, as far as like AI in games and and default settings in games. There's a moment, I don't know if you watched it or not, but essentially, like, uh, our team has to battle an in-game team in sort of a, like, mano-a-mano contest to, to the death, essentially. Okay. 
And the leader of this other team, he comes up to fives and he basically says, did you really think that team enter name could be so easily defeated? Which just makes everybody start <laughs> laughing because they're like, you just, you stupid glitch. Like you just use the default name. You're trying to sound like imposing and your, your team name is enter name. It's pretty good. Uh, you know, just as like an overview, I, or just sort of a high level thing, just all the video game references, everyone, yeah. like every time they reference like a video game or just like arcade culture or, or you know, uh, enjoyment of something. We I know we talked about Smash's, uh, Smashosaurs, you know, just sort of that that whole combination of everything that was there. I, that, that, that stuff just made me super excited. And I, I, I think I watched like three or four episodes uh, last night and I was beat. I was so tired. It's pretty relentless. Uh, uh, no, no, not from not from the show. I oh, just okay. like from life in general, uh, uh, life, life wore me down. And I, <laughs> I finally got a chance to sit down in front of the TV to watch a couple episodes around maybe like 1045. And I had to, I think I watched three or four episodes and then I had to finally just like pull the plug. I was like, no, I have to turn this off. Otherwise I will continue to watch and look for these references. Cause I'm enjoying this way too much. Yeah. Um, they did have a TMNT reference in there as well. Too. Yes. I don't know if you caught that one or not, but there's another one with turtles later on that's pretty funny. Oh, is there? Oh, yeah. Then, there's a second one later no, on because I, I mean there was such did. a such a force in the '80s, you know. Yeah. Uh, another funny thing for me was literally anything that Bit does. <laughs> Bit is just like a fun character that isn't. He's there for comedic value mostly, but it's not the annoying kind. So it was yeah. really fun. There's one moment where out of nowhere, like out of left field, he punches Mitch directly in the face. <laughs> And it's just, it's so out of nowhere that it was amazing. But then there was a reason that he did it too. He basically takes like this little syringe vial sample and then immediately analyzes it. And it's just like, Mitch has the nano flu. And I was kind of like, that's hilarious. But then also the timing, not so great. Mm. But that's, you know, that's what led to Mitch being kind of like sidelined for that particular episode. So it was hilarious. It came out of nowhere. I love the random stuff. And then to actually fold it into the story was even better. I love a good chaotic neutral character. Yeah. 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 Just super fun, you know. Yeah. Little trouble, little trouble maker. Never know little what they're going to do. Little rubble rouser. Little robot troublemaker. Love little, it. Little robot troublemaker. He will punch you in the face, but then he will diagnose what's wrong with you. So yeah. it's kind of nice. It's perfect. Yeah. And anything else in terms of LOLs, Dave? For you? I think that's pretty much it. There are specific ones like throughout the season, um, but there's just so many of them. It's hard to really narrow it down to a few here or there. You'll literally have laugh out loud moments throughout this show which is yeah. something that doesn't often happen, happen. Often, we, yeah. we actually mean lol when we say it not just like oh yeah that was nice it's like <laughs> things that literally just make you laugh like i'll be doing other stuff or whatever and something will just catch me the right way and it'll make me laugh out loud right it's that simple yeah, yeah. a lot of a lot of ear to ear smiling just for yeah. seeing some of the references as well big, so, big grins uh let's get into our final review so if you're not familiar uh don't worry about it we're gonna break it down so we can recommend a cartoon and we can tell you why we think it would be a good use of your time to be able to continue to watch the show. We can also say that we don't recommend something and we could probably give you another way that you can go and and spend your time better uh, doing something else. And we'll make those recommendations. And then if we don't recommend something, we can go one step further and we can give it the Who Framed Roger Rabbit style dip, which you dunk that cartoon, it erases it from the annals of cartoon history. No more. We don't talk about it. Looking at you, Ace Ventura, pet detective cartoon, who I can't talk about anymore. It's real bad, gang. It's so, real bad. keeping that in mind, uh, tonight's cartoon, Glitch Dex. Dave, how are you feeling? Feeling good. I feel like this is a cartoon you can watch as a kid. You can watch as an adult and appreciate all the nostalgia references. You can watch as a family and share those things together. Uh, the only knocks again, it doesn't quite have that extra level of intrigue or mystery or mythology built up yet. Maybe it will in the future. And the only other knock is it felt a little too short just because it's very episodic and we only really get 10 episodes worth of storytelling and they all go by really, really quickly, but it's super fun. It's a super fun light series, really easy to watch. So, uh, recommend it. How about you? I'm in the same boat. Definitely recommend. I'm looking for lore. Uh, I'll say that right now. I'm looking for lore. Uh, I'm just I'm just a man out here looking for lore. It's uh, just in the lore minds. Look, looking I'm, for lore in all the wrong places. Uh I'm looking I'm looking for just a little bit more uh yeah. you know uh depth in terms of what they they have that's available. I know that we kind of talked about them. Again, it's not a knock. I think it's something that they can definitely build into. B 
because as I've mentioned, they are very patient in terms of their storytelling. They do a really good job of kind of doling those things out. And because I have to assume that this is something that Netflix is distributing and the way that Netflix releases cartoons and the way that, you know, sometimes Nickelodeon does like large uh, episode kind of blocks for like a season, I have to assume that probably we're only going to have to wait like maybe like six or seven months for maybe season two. To Let's come hope that. The weird thing with Netflix, and I don't know how Nickelodeon uh, factors into this, but the weird thing with Netflix is, yes, they may order a big block of them, but then sometimes they just won't green light a second season for whatever reason. Uh, hmm. So the more noise you can make on social media, the better. I hate yeah. that it's kind of come to that, but they do look at metrics like how many times did people watch it? How long did they watch? Um, how many you know repeat episodes? How many? When did they stop watching? Are they talking about on social media? I hate that it's kind of come to that. But unfortunately, you, you got to make noise. So if you what? like this, if you like this show, go out and make noise. What a time to be alive. <laughs> what a time. You can, this, we, I'm saying, yeah, man, season two for like corporate, for cartoons. <laughs> like yeah. corporate kind of evil. Have some fun with it, guys, because I know you've definitely experienced your share. I'm yeah. sure it's out there. So I have mean, some fun with it. This cartoon is definitely worth watching. In fact, I would say just put it on. Uh, in the background whenever you're in a room uh you know at a friend's house or at a best buy or wherever you are uh you, are. you know just, wherever just, there's a functioning screen yeah just leave it on randomly at work uh at the barber shop uh you know any anywhere that uh that has a television connection mm-hmm. or an internet connection at this point who has use TV? someone else's password though don't leave your own account up and running yeah, yeah, that'd be a big mistake. Yeah, don't do that. Just don't create that. a crap ton of profiles on your grandma's <laughs> account and leave it running everywhere you can. Oh man, we're gonna never. If be anyone has listened this again. far into the episode, those are the people who will do this thing, <laughs> including Sean and myself. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Fair we're gonna enough. do it. Oh man! All right. Well, that uh, resolves all the glitches that we had nice. for That's tonight's good. glitch tech. Hoover so go up. watch Glitch Text. It's fantastic. It's on Netflix, but it's made by Nickelodeon, but distributed by Netflix. Oh, man, what a world. What a uh, world. Yeah, what a world. Well, speaking of what a world and somebody who is dynamite in this world, you heard him on this episode, our friend Bobby Anthem, who is fantastic, but not as good as me in terms of segues in the one that I just pulled. <laughs> <laughs> you can hear Bobby on his paranormal podcast, Inhuman Experience, along with his co-host, Bobby Blades. You can find them on Twitter at IEXP underscore podcast. Bobby has a solo show. It's called In Search of My Lost Soul. I can't say enough good things about it. Go find In Human Experience. In Search of My Lost Soul is in that same podcast stream. It's a twofer. It's a BOGO in terms of a podcast. So go check it out. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, just about everywhere else podcasts are found. Uh, Dave, what do you got going on, buddy? Same old stuff, bud. You can find me as an editor over at Collider.com. Check me out on Twitter at DrClawMD. And if you'd like to read up on one of the best drama live action series ever told, you can check out The Science of Breaking Bad, available wherever books are sold. And if you're in the Atlanta area, as part of the Atlanta Science Festival, I will be doing a, uh, a talk on that particular book and all kinds of the fun, explodey, druggy science from the show. So come on by and check that out. How about you, bud? What are you oh, up to? Well, first and foremost, uh, that's exciting, Dave. And I'm also, yeah, I heard that you're doing uh, The Science of Better Call Saul. I mean, it's funny. I actually pitched them. I was like, how about the law of Better Call Saul? And they were like, that'd be great. Would you want to do that? And I said, absolutely not. So <laughs> I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a lawyer. Not I'm a not a lawyer. Not a not doctor. A doctor. <laughs> oh, man. Well, as for me, I do live improv comedy in Washington, D.C. with a group that's called Knox. That's N-O-X exclamation point. You can find tickets and times for all of our shows, witdc.org. And as always, I am on Twitter and Instagram at Sean Paul Ellis. And you can also listen to an improvised podcast that I do that is called The Bureau that is out now. There's at least three episodes that are out. Uh, If you ever wanted to hear uh, a group of people who work for the FBI improvise a podcast uh, and joke around about all the different ins and outs about working uh, in the FBI, in The Bureau, uh, you can check out and find The Bureau on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Want to support this show? Oh, my God, you're so nice. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Well, you can go and you can visit our Patreon and you can search Saturday Morning Cartoons. Just remember, it's morning with a U. Uh, and you can see how you can support us and this content that we put out every week. Uh, you can also tell a friend. Tell a friend. You know why? Because it's easier for us to understand that than it is to figure out Apple Podcasts and their metrics behind it. We're talking to you, Apple. Figure it out. And because we have no friends, but you guys do. <laughs> yeah. But you can also go and review us on Apple iTunes. So we super appreciate that. 
Uh, and, you know, as we've mentioned in previous episodes, you could be brutal with it. We don't care. It'd just be fun yeah. to, you know. Just be it. entertaining. Be just original, be entertaining. Be entertaining. I don't It'll know. be a good time. Make me giggle. Yeah. But if you want to make me giggle, slide into my DMs on Twitter at Morning Tunes. Remember, that's morning with you. You can check out Instagram and Facebook at Saturday Morning Cartoons. Drop us an old-fashioned email, SaturdayMorningCartoons at gmail.com. You can find all the links to everything that I just talked about and more, like a list of all the cartoons that we watched a way to be able to submit cartoons for us instead of doing it in social media, which just gets lost in the ether and we're not going to respond to it. So you can find all of that on the link tree, which is in the bio for all of our social media sites. It looks like a weird link. Don't worry, grandma, you can click it. It's not a virus. It's not a glitch. It's going to take you right to the Netflix login page. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and then just watch glitch text. Come on, make yeah. it happen. It works. You can, as always, listen to us on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, anywhere. Fine podcasts are sold. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we will talk to you next week. Bye. Hey, everybody. Thanks a lot for listening to Saturday Morning Cartoons. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to transform and roll out. <laughs>